Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Episode 407 of After the Whistle, presented by Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. What's the first thing you think of when you think 407? The highway. That's it. The old ETR, the old ripoff. Today, Craig, it's going to be all about me. And I don't know in what order we're going to go all about me. (laughs) But today's all about me, and today is, here's what's going to happen today. I'm going to tell you about a very, just uh, an incredible night that I had in Boston at the first Beanpot game. Uh, Also going to tell you about a trade rumor of the Buffalo Sabres that I uh, got information on this morning. Uh, And I don't know what order to, to go with that. So do I start with the, 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 the bean pot trip and people skip through it because they want to get to the trade rumors or do you do the trade rumors first and then the bean pot story first we should throw a little bit of a shout out um, and a get well to Mikhail Sergachev who suffered or sustained one hell of an injury the other night two nights ago you said he broke both bones in his lower leg tibia yeah uh, both broken in his left leg you know pretty Pretty, I, you know, I don't know of too many people that have broken both of those bones in a in an injury like this. So, you know, I I just hope that uh, I hope that he can, you know, just heal up, come back, rehabilitate. I know put the work in, and uh, you know, he's still a pretty young guy. Um, just but pretty, but a pretty devastating injury. You know, I would imagine he's going to be out for for quite some time with this. He's only 25 years old. Oh my Lord. So hopefully he can get back. Hopefully he can get back stronger than ever. And uh, he sent out a tweet. I thought it was pretty well, well written. Um, Just kind of letting people know how he's doing and how he's feeling and what's going through his mind. And uh, it was really well done. And uh, you know, listen, I just hope, I hope the best for uh Sergeyev. you know, hell of a defenseman in this league. And uh pretty crazy freak accident because I don't even know if you, did you watch the actual situation? I can't, up, I can't watch it. it I don't, well, it, I mean, it's, he just, it's a, he ended up taking a hit like um, where he was going into a guy into the corner uh, who had the puck and the guy counter hit him. And he obviously twisted something or did something to, to, to hurt himself. But uh, anyway, kind of freak, 
freakish and hopefully he can uh he can get back you know in a timely manner and 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 get healthy so well here do you want me to read his social post sure yeah okay so this is what he this is what he put out i i don't know if it was right after the injury or the next morning but he wrote oh man why me why now after all the games missed coming back and getting injured again feels unfair feels terrible trying to stay calm and positive but it's impossible after doing everything right i get this the universe is unpredictable i guess and has its own plans but fuck the universe man i know i'll come back stronger and i know i'll play better than before but it's tough right now and it's going to be tough tomorrow we all fight our own battles and this is mine i'll win always do pain meds are good though if i was in the forest by myself i'd be dead crazy in it i wanted to write how i feel here don't know why but just wanted to let people that care about me know i appreciate all of your messages thanks to the medical staff yeah i mean well written um, obviously there's, there's certainly a lot going through his mind when you have injuries like this. And, uh, I know that there's a lot of support for him. Uh, the boys on that team in Tampa Bay, uh, a pretty tight group that's, uh, been very successful the last uh, number of years and won Stanley cups and there he's going to be missed. Um, there's no question, a uh, big part of Tampa Bay's back end there. Um, but you know what? It's it's not about hockey. It's about uh, making sure that he he can get back to uh, hopefully playing this game at the the level that he played at before. So thoughts are thoughts are with uh, Sergachev, and hopefully he can get back soon. Yeah, and you know, um, should have been a Buffalo Saber. I'll just you know kind of <laughs> leave it. At, yeah, uh, I mean, it's just not... another salt in the wound, eh? Like we Don't ended up it. picking uh, what is it the the Neilander brother. Al. Jesus. I don't even want to say his name. But uh I, I can still remember sitting at the draft. It's the only draft I have been I've been to <laughs> there. I've been to two drafts in my life. One was in 1992, back when I was a young buck, sat sitting there with my parents. The other draft was the draft that was what was it here? It was in Buffalo, correct? It was, yeah. It yeah. was the Mr. Matthews draft. And um Sitting there with you, we're knowing- doing a live. We're doing a live radio show. We were on the air broadcasting for three hours. It was kind of our first live gig together. We had just kind of found out that we were taking over the airwaves in Buffalo the next year. You and I kind of gotten together, and and here we were asked to host the the draft show. Two former Sabers, no other hosts, just you and I, sitting at the draft talking. Crushed we, it, by the way. We, crushed yeah, it. Cr- crushed it. We knew every single player in that draft. I mean, we were so ready for that draft, yeah. and, and I had my eyes on certain players, and you had yeah. your eye on certain players. Tim Murray no- should have had us on the staff. There's no question. I knew more about that draft than uh, than any draft because I was because we were invited to to host that show, and uh, I wrote my first ever article ever, ever, yeah, about the Sabers needing to draft a defenseman that year, and I remember thank saying, God oh, for spell check, eh? Oli, well, that was Ann Peters. Oli Ulevi was drafted fifth to Vancouver. That hasn't really worked out too mo- too well. It has but, not. Um, but then the other guy that I wanted was Matthew Kachuk, but he went he went at six. 
And then the next one was Sergachev. Was you have to get Jay McKee was coaching Sergachev at the time. He's like, this guy is an absolute beast. He is exactly what the Sabres need. Edie, do you not remember going? Jacob Chikrin was also on the board. Charlie McAvoy was also yes. on the board. Yes. But I I I know that you'll remember this. Um, you know, when you start to make your assumptions on who the Sabres could be picking. At that time, they're all the media members, Mike Harrington and Polly Hambone Hamilton and all those guys that write the articles were talking about the Sabres need defense. They need defense. So they just drafted Reinhardt two and Eichel two. Yeah. In back to back years. And they needed defense. Their defense was uh they didn't have any defense. Um so they needed a, a, a defender. We talked about this. I read a thousand articles throughout the 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 couple months leading leading up to the draft, and we knew that we were going to pick a defenseman. There were some great great picks: Sergachev, McAvoy. Uh, we interviewed Chikrin, McAvoy. That we interviewed McAvoy. But do you remember we went to the combine, the testing, um, and do you remember watching uh, Mikhail Sergachev on the on bike? the Wingate on the Wingate? I th- I thought literally he was gonna blow the the pedals right off the bike. He was I so couldn't powerful. get over how fucking big his legs were. His ass and legs were of a thirty year old man that had been just one training. other person I've seen with with a body that size on the lower half, and that is Alexei Zhitnik. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I remember watching Sergachev in that combine. I remember watching him do things. And he was a man amongst boys. And I was thinking to myself, you know, he's he's not just a defender. He is he's got offensive talents that go along with his very big size strength. He was a good skater. I mean, he was ranked, I think he was ranked seven, seven or he was eight. ranked higher than what he went. Yeah, he was ranked like seventh in the draft, I think. So when we when we got to uh, pick number eight, I looked at you, you looked at me, and we both said at the same time, Sergeyev. It's a no-brainer. It's an absolute no-brainer. And then all of a sudden... Hold on, hold on. Now, prior to this, Alan Davis, who was our mentor into the radio, was always told us, guys... Seven seconds is 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 starting is considered awkward silence. So that's what we always thought Go, going into shows. Like no matter what, just don't don't let seven seconds hit. We're good, right? <laughs> and when Tim Murray announced Alex Nylander, it was like this. Do you remember that? We, yeah, it was a shockwave. I'm like, I'm like, am I, am I, wh- what just happened here? What just happened here? And, you know, Sergachev, which was even worse, ended up going in the very next pick to the Montreal Canadiens. And we were all just like racking our brains going, what did we just do here? What did we just do here? But anyway, it is what it is. Uh, you have boom, have out. boom and bust have out for Sergachev and McAvoy. <laughs> yeah. And Chekrin. And how how are things with uh with Alex? How are things let's with check, Alex? Let's check in on Alex here. Hold on. Is Alex in the league? Okay, I'm gonna totally guess on Alex right now. 
I think he, he he's playing. Think he's where? with Pittsburgh. I think he's with Pittsburgh. I think he he's bounced around like a little bit of a pinball. Yeah, he's in. Uh, he's with. Is he in the baby. minors? He's in the minors. Yeah, obviously. Great pick. What way to go, Tim? Well, you ruined that player when you drafted him for the intent of the capability of putting him in Rochester because you had no players for Rochester. And then you went and put this 18-year-old kid on the worst American Hockey League team in history. Yes. Yes. And if you remember that year in particular, the Sabres had a tremendous amount of injuries on the big club. So they had to take all of the players that were in the minors. There was probably six or seven of them, which ultimately destroyed the American League team. And now all of a sudden you have an 18-year-old kid that has no guidance. And um, he had a really, really tough. He should not have been in the minors. He had no business playing in the minors. He should have went back to the OHL. Just another um, job of, of trying to speed up the development process, which I don't think you need to do. But, you know, listen. It is what it is, and now Alex Nylander is uh, basically a career minor leaguer, and you know he he had the skill set, the size, the abilities to play in the National Hockey League, but I just don't think the development side of things worked in his favor, and now he's now he's uh, you know. Okay, well I feel bad for him because he probably should have gone back to junior the next year and played it out there. Same with Mikhail Gregorenko. I mean, this franchise has ruined players. For years. Yes. But I'm not, I don't, I don't want to go there today. I don't want to relive that NHL draft where the Sabres made that drastic mistake of taking Nylander over Mikhail Sergachev. It, it still bothers me to this day. And that's why you shouldn't let things bother you and make a bad mistake by picking another attorney other than Salino Law if you've been hurt in a car crash. If you've been hurt in a car crash, don't call somebody else. Don't draft the other team. Call the eights. Take Salino Law, 888-888-8888. Car crash, call Salino. I'll talk about the bean pot in a little bit. I had an amazing trip with my dad down to Boston and watched just an incredible hockey game, an incredible hockey game, but had a lot of meaning to me. But yesterday we talked about Casey Middlestad, totally by coincidence, okay? And I don't know if, if, if you brought that up because you – had read something where people are talking about it, or if that's just something you wanted to talk about at the timing of it, but well, we're, we're in February, March deadline. You have to figure out what you're going to do with Casey Middlestat. There's two sides of the coin. There's the Casey Middlestat truly loves being here in Buffalo. He's a very good hockey player. He's going to be moving into the prime of his NHL career for the next number of years. Um, so there's a huge positive of trying to sign him, but then there's the flip side of things that you, you have to understand that is, even though you really do want to sign Casey Middlestat, there's only enough money to go around for certain players. And they still have guys that need to be signed like, um, you know, JJ Paterka, 
You're going to have Jack Quinn that's going to come up soon. You know, you have to do something with uh, Zach Benson in, in two years. You're going to have to pay a goaltender at some point. You know, someone's going to emerge as your number one goaltender, and you're going to have to pay that guy. So there's only enough money to go around to try and build the proper roster. And they already have some big names signed already. Wow. So it's trying to navigate. What do you do with Casey Middlestad? So let me tell you what I heard. Okay. I'm excited about this because uh, you've been teeing me up all morning. I have heard. Oh, God. From a very reliable source. Very reliable. Kevin Adams is shopping Casey Middlestad hard. Doesn't want to pay him. Well, and, hold on. And, hold on. And, Doesn't want to pay him. And followed up with. Has already saw how already has Tage on long term, Cousins on long term, Samuelson on long term, Darlene on long term. You're gonna have to get Paterka on long term. You have to get Paterka on long term. That's like a no brainer. Yep. If Quinn was healthy, you'd probably be getting him locked up on long term. Correct. Okay. So, wow. Wow. Just threw out the hammer this morning. And so I pressed a little bit and said, what are they wanting in return? Didn't, didn't have that. Why can't you tell me this before the show? Why do you always have to do this? That you have to make me wait. Didn't, didn't have that information. Just knew shopping him hard. And then, then the last thing he said, I don't think you need to shop Casey Middlestat. I'll last, tell you that that that's flat out. Okay, okay. Well, there that's will be the word, a that's the, there the will be a used. number of teams lining up well, to get a piece be, of Casey Middlestat. That would be the word that he used. And last but not least, he said, "Take it for what it's worth." But they're looking for a goalie. They don't trust the three that they have. And he said, "And I said, give me a, one goalie's name that you heard." And he said. John Gibson from Anaheim. When I, which I thought was interesting because we brought him up in the off season. I think if you want to just go pull up his cap friendly, I think he makes six, he makes six point. Probably has three years left two after this, right? I'm, I don't know. I think he makes six, five. I think he's got two years left on his deal. I mean, give me a second. I think he's two years after this year, right? He has three years, so he's he's thirty years old, which is a really good age for a goaltender. You're you're pretty much you're pretty much in your prime at thirty. Um, he makes six point four this year, and then he has three years after at six point four, which is for an elite goaltender. And I put John Gibson in the elite category. Yeah, absolutely. Where's he uh, from? Six point four is where is, is he from? A very good contract. Where's he from? Don't tell me, because we I have not looked okay. him up. I've all not right. looked him up since the summertime when we were doing all the research on him about finding another goalie, but because you know, you and I didn't really have faith in the three goal tender system that we we're going to roll with and, and yep. putting everything on a on a college kid. So we talked about bringing in a veteran and no one wanted Hellebuck, thankfully, because he's terrible. And um Gibson uh was another option because we felt that he still had game left, which clearly he does. So I'm gonna say he's from somewhere in New York. He is not. Fuck. Where's he from? Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. Sorry. 
that that's not far. No, nope. I knew it was no, a little uh, three three and a half uh, hour. That's not cruise. three and a half. That's three hours away. The way he drives, you know, he's got a fast car. Yeah. So three three hours away from home. I don't know what his family situation is there. If, I, I don't know anything. All I'm saying is, I knew he was from somewhere near Buffalo. I guess. Can I ask you a question? What? Um. So looking at his statistics, he has for a really long time uh, played 40, 52, 60, 58, 51, 35 in the shortened season, um, 56, 53, and he's played 32 games this year. He's going to he's going to be another 50. He, he's played 50, 50, 60 games um, for a long time. My only question that I have for you. Is what happens with Uka Pekalukan? What happens with Devin Levi? So I have this plan laid out for you. Okay. Please help me out here because okay, Uka so Pekalukan now, so has played well. So it's here's what's going to happen. Or, or can I just say one more thing? Do you feel Kevin Adams is looking at Uka Pekalukanen and do you feel that he feels that He's getting literally the best possible outcome for Uka Pekalukan and that he just he so, thinks okay. he's overachieving. Here's what I would here's Comrie. You move on from Comrie. No offense, Eric Comrie. But you move on from Comrie. Um Levi goes to the minors for the next couple of years. Or the whatever he has on his contract. I mean, that is you bring you bring Gibson in here with UPL and you ride them like Boston rides Swayman and Allmark. You know, you try to get a real duo going, and you give a little more games maybe to Gibson or whoever's playing better. And then and then eventually what you want is to either move on. So what on. are you giving up to get Gibson? This is a goaltender with Pro three. They're going to want a player. Santa, or Anaheim's going to want a prospect or a draft pick. It's going to be one or the other. Okay, I guess my question is 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 Ukapeka Lukanen someone that they would be interested in? Okay, well that's maybe because Devin Levi is going to be a piece to this puzzle and this is what I've thought about from day 1 when Ukepe- when when Levi came to this organization is that he's going to need some time to develop mentally and physically. Okay? meaning on the ice and off the ice. He seems to be a very mature young man, um, very dialed in. All of that said, it takes time to have success in the National Hockey League, especially as a goaltender. It's the hardest position times 100 We're just to kicking, play in the league. We're kicking UPL to the curb, eh? I'm not kicking him to the it's, curb. I think but it's I unbelievable. I think we're going to regret this. I think we're going to regret this. I, I listen, just if, like we if, did. If you were to tell me you're going to regret this decision. Oh, and... here we go. No, it's fine. Here go we go. Ahead. I'm going to argue till I, I literally I'm going to I'm going to put my feet in the sand, get my uh, lawn chair and I'll argue all day long with you on this. I would take. You know, John Gibson a thousand times over UPL. Yes, the I'm track record is absolutely off Levi. the chart. What are we even talking about? Levi. I'm saying over Levi. I, I like Levi. I really like Levi. Levi's also 21 years old or maybe just turned 22. He's very young. 
and he's very dynamic. He's a very good goaltender. He just needs not to be the number one. No I love about what the I'm idea saying, Craig, of John I, Gibson coming in here. I want John Gibson to come here, and I want him to play. I don't want him to come here and mentor and be a backup. I want John Gibson no, to be no, no, no. John Gibson not a backup. Right, right. John Gibson's but, but, going to come for here me, the decision to be the number one. Yeah, but okay, so the decision, if, if, if Anaheim says the deal has to be UPL, then I'm going to do the deal. But if you don't have to touch the goaltenders, then I'm not going to. But you make a good point. Probably is going to be UPL in that deal. If that is, even happens. It's like the old, like, sell like, Is John sell Gibson high? going to waive his no-move clause? Look him up. Does he have a no-move clause? I have to imagine he does. He has a 10-team no-move clause. 10-team no-move clause. The only hope we have is that Kevin Adams calls Ryan Miller and says, can you please tell John Gibson how fucking great it is to play in Buffalo, please? Because that's the only hope we have. Because there's that's, that's the only hope you have. That's the only tie to, to the net yeah. in Buffalo yep. that's, that makes this deal happen. And I think Millsy would absolutely rave about Buffalo. He loves Buffalo. In fact, he's coming back in March. He has his his uh, his events coming back. I don't know if that's been announced yet, but it, it, it's happening. But there'll be more information coming out about it. But it's definitely, you know, I mean, this guy loves Buffalo. They should yes. hire Ryan Miller. I mean, he's working for San Jose, but this guy is, this guy's upper management. He's not like a scout. He's not a, he's, he's either development or upper management in some capacity. So well, uh, that's to your get only back to hope it, to get him here. To get back to it, um, that would be a dream because we talked about John Gibson last year, and I think John Gibson should have been traded to the Buffalo Sabres in the summertime of last year. Then you could have ran your Devin Levi, and he wouldn't be in a situation that he was put in this year where he came in and was given the keys to the castle. And he failed. The team failed around him, but the goaltender failed. You have pressure. And I don't think that Devin Levi should have been dealing with that type of pressure. He should have had a player like John Gibson ahead of him. That is the clear cut number one. That's going to play, you know, 52 games a year. And you're going to have Devin Levi play 30. And then you just my faith in this happening. Sorry to my faith in this happening. Isn't strong. Sure. Because hey, of listen, the 10 team. No I mean, clause. but the other conversation, how many rumors, how many happen. rumors come out, Petey, where you're like, oh, I hear, I hear this is really strong and it never happens. These, all these rumors about trades with certain players, this, that, and the other. I mean, there is such a low percentage of them actually happening. There's tons of dialogue. You think Kevin Adams is sitting on his hands? No, he's not, people. He is not sitting on his hands. He's trying to do and make the right decisions, not only for now, but for the future of the Buffalo Sabres. There's been far too many GMs over the years that have come in and just been you know, trying to trade away draft picks, trade away players, and then all of a sudden things don't work out and you're in the same spot. Well, we don't watch other broadcasts. Like, you know, we watch national games and stuff like that. But, I mean, I don't catch other teams' broadcasts. So, I don't know how many GMs go on their broadcast and talk about what their plan is and the state of the team. I don't know that. So, 
I can't sit here and question it. But, you know, it's just interesting timing to me that he goes on the broadcast, talks about talking to all the GMs. And I'm not criticizing. I mean, I kind of like it. I, but I, I feel like he's trying to communicate. You can tell me I'm crazy through the media. Because shortly after that, or even just before, Elliot Friedman has his thoughts, and they're about Buffalo and their prospects and moving them and all these other thoughts that they have about Buffalo. And Kevin Adams does this in the same week. Trade deadline's coming up. What are you getting for him? I, I think you're you're going to get a lot for him. I think Casey Middlestat, you know, last year um, put up 60 points. This year, he's on pace for another 60-plus point season. Uh, he can, you know, on our team here in Buffalo, Tage Thompson and Dylan Cousins are pretty much your clear-cut one and two center for the future. And Casey Middlestat is, I think, on most teams in the National Hockey League, he's going to fit in in the top two uh, positions as a centerman. And he's 25 years old. He's a 60, 65 point player, maybe even higher if he if he has a great year. Um, there's going to be what? a lot of teams that are going well, to love to get find their hands a landing on spot. him. Let's find a landing spot. I have a couple fun ideas. We've talked about him before, but there's a team. Well, you would listen. have told me this in the morning that I could research on some landing I, I spots, but no. Well, let, let, let's just listen, man. You know the league. You know the league, and best part is we can hit pause. We're not live, but Calgary. Supposedly, there were a ton of scouts at the New Jersey-Calgary game last night. Buffalo was also registered on the list. And I'm sitting there thinking, Nazem Kadri, Mackenzie Weger. I mean, Calgary's looking for youth. Calgary's kind of going in another direction. They unloaded Zadorov. They un- unloaded Lindholm. Um, you know, why would Kadri want to stay there? I can't imagine Kadri would want to stay there. Uh you know, the Sabres need a bona fide partner for um, either Darlene or Power. And Mac Weger, your nephew, <laughs> I call him your nephew still, is a prime candidate. And I think Casey will get you one of those guys and something else maybe even. Or So that's just one potential landing spot that I had in mind. Another one. And a player that I, I don't know if he would be available. And I'm just, now remember, I'm going for need. So the player that I pick doesn't necessarily mean it's a one-for-one. One. You can match it up however you want with draft picks, prospects, whatever you think the deal might be worth. But I'm looking at a team like Minnesota and Marcus Felino, Not just Marcus Felino, but I don't know. They have, he has a five-year deal at $4 million. He has four-year deal coming up an extension is on last year of 3.1 trying to think of where else he fits i don't think he's going well, colorado, to colorado colorado right now there's been a lot of talk about them needing a second line center which they do not have on their team okay they are they're shopping hard for the second line center um the worry with casey is he's going to cost them money after the season so it's like what do you how many teams are going to rent him how many teams want to uh, trade and sign, get him signed? Um, you know, you have Calgary is another team that you talked about. I mean, Washington Capitals have had injury issues. They do not have a number one center. Um, you have 
Backstrom is out for the season. You have Kunetsov has gone into the players' uh, substance abuse uh, program, so he's dealing with some issues. They don't have a center. They have, I think, Strom is their is their top center right now. So Washington Capitals are somewhat desperate. Casey Middlestad's a hell of a hockey player. He could fit on that team, not a problem. I mean, there's going to be teams that are very interested in Casey Middlestad. If that's what Kevin Adams wants to do, is to see what the market bears for a player like Casey, then well, it's the right getting, thing to do. You're not getting... I mean, who are you getting from there? Let's not worry about who you're getting. Uh, Seattle Kraken. Seattle Kraken is another one that is an up and coming team that's trying to put. What about Anthony Mantha? Would you take a take a shot at Anthony Mantha? Uh, it's not something for me that I, I Anthony Mantha is kind of very similar to G- Jordan Greenway. Has all the size in the world. Um to to go out and dominate this game at 6'5, 234 pounds, but he 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 just doesn't play the game as heavy as what what Agreed. I would want. Agree. But he's a he's a really good hockey player. Well, you're not getting Tom Wilson. Uh, we you're know that. Tom. You're not getting Tom Wilson. I mean I don't know what I don't know what out of this trade for, for Casey Middlestad, I, and, and listen, I mean, I, I don't want to sit here and kind of uh, tinker around with what we would be trading for him, but um, Casey, Casey Middlestad will have value on the market. There is no question about it. He'll, he'll be a, a big boy in the, uh, on the trade market. If his name actually hits the, hits the market, like, like you're saying, so. That's all I have for the rumor mill, man. That's it. Some pretty big rumors today. That's not those are not small rumors, you know. When you're talking about, you know, interest in a number one goaltender, uh, interest in, you know, finding out what the market bears for a Casey Middle stat. And uh these are all things that I think Kevin Adams should be doing. I think I mean nothing is surprising to any to any of us. To sit there and say, if you were to say to me, hey, uh, Kevin Adams is shopping. I don't know if he's shopping him. He's basically seeing what the market bears. He always has the option to try and sign Casey. But I think right now, Kevin Adams understands that he has, um, he's got to think about the future and the future um, of players coming up in, in another year from now, the JJ Paterkas, the Quins, and you know, even a Zach Benson in, in, in two years from now, these guys will all be coming, uh, contracts will be coming up and you just, you can't make sure you have to make sure that you don't cash strap yourself. And I think that's what Kevin Adams is, is trying to figure out. He's trying to understand his options. He understands these things, got great people working for him and see what the, the market bears for Casey. Cause there are holes, there are holes on this team. And they need to be filled. And Casey Middlestat is is uh, a hell of a a, a, cha- a trade uh, piece. Looking for a night out? Maybe go watch a game at a bar. Maybe even have a nice fancy dinner. Who knows? I might even get crazy and play some bets while I'm at it. 
And there's only one place to do all that. Only at Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. You can hit up Stick Sports Bar and Grill, grab an unbelievable steak at the Western Door, gamble at the casino, or even place some bets at the sports book. All in one location at Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. Tell me about uh, your trip to Boston, the bean pot. So I, I took my dad down. I, I told people know this, that Luke Tuck lived with me. You know, we've obviously stayed in touch and, and, you know, we have a great relationship and he's got a great relationship with my son. He gave me two tickets to the bean pot. Originally, I was going to go with my brother who housed one of the kids that's at BC, Colby Ambrosio, who played a hell of a game also. Um, but so we were going to go together. Jeff couldn't go. He had some things come up. So I asked my dad. So my dad and I went down and and my, my dad and I haven't done something like this since I was a teenager. I mean, I think the last time my dad and I traveled together like, alone like this was a prospect tournament when I was 16 or 17, getting re ready for the OHL draft. So 16 probably. And uh, so we went down and and we get to Boston you know, we go for, we go watch the warm up. We meet up with Luke's dad and, you know, we go down and watch warm up at the glass and, you know, you know, Luke sees me and, you know, we give a little, he gives a little head nod. And now remember, this is, this is a kid that lived, lived with me. So the pride and how proud I am of him, seeing him out there with the A on his sweater, playing for BU, being a key player at BU, you know, it's just, it was, it was really, uh, it was an emotional feeling to watch him. And so the game starts, you know, we get down to our seats. We have phenomenal seats and the atmosphere in this rink, you got the BC fans on one half of the rink up top with their band. You got the BU fans on the other half up top with their band. Yeah. And you've, you've got the lower bowls. They're all filled. Everything everywhere is filled except for this little corner section uh, that goes all the way up to the top that was for like the Northeastern and Harvard fans. So it was really the, pretty much the entirety of the rink was full. Yeah. You have the bands playing back and forth. The energy in the rink was incredible. I mean, I've never, there is not a pro game that I've been to that I have felt or experienced the energy like this. It's just a college hockey is, is totally different. So the game starts and the first period was an incredible game. Macklin Celebrini, the first overall pick, scores two goals in the first period. I mean, gorgeous goals. One time. How good is the kid? How good is oh. the kid? He so he's projected. What is his name? Max Macklin. Macklin. Macklin Celebrini. Yeah. Is projected to go number one in this. He's not in projected. He's he's going number one. What he is doing as a 17-year-old in college hockey, and you would love this. It's different seeing a kid's stats and then watching him play on TV. But when you see a kid play live and you see behind the scenes when he's pushing and shoving with guys at the bench, these are, these are 21, 22 year old guys that he's playing against, right? He gives it back. He plays hard defensively. He back checks his ass off. He's strong on the puck. He hits. He is a complete player. Okay, I don't know. What did about you just say, did you just yeah, say that he's super skilled? He plays defense and hits. He's got an edge to him. He is exciting to watch. He can pass. I mean, he should have had four or five points in this game. Okay. So he's like, I'm looking at his stats right now. People need to understand that he is like 
most kids that go to college at 18, they're superstars. Like they're the most elite players of the age group. Maxim Celebrini went to college at 17. He's 17 Macklin. this year. Macklin. Macklin. Sorry, sorry. Macklin. So he's 17 years old, which is to put things in perspective for Buffalo people. That's the same thing that Jack Eichel did. Am I not? Am I right? Yeah, but Jack Eichel might... played when he was 17. Yeah, did he? Yeah. Yes, he played when he was 17. So Celebrini this year in 24 games played, he has 21 goals and 39 points. It's pretty insane. It's insane. This game was so fast. It was it was unbelievable. So they're up two nothing. And then and I'm cheer I'm like I'm into it. Okay. I am into this game. I want to win. I'm going back Monday. I'm going back Monday for the fucking final. Uh uh BU Northeastern. I'm going back with Brody. We're we're heading back up. And second period, Luke, Luke is four checking, creates a turnover spins at the top of the circle and fires a shot low and beats this kid, this fucking unbelievable goalie from BC. Like the kid is, he's a freshman and he's, he's off the charts. Good. So he scores. Now it's three, nothing. Okay. Like I'm going absolutely fucking bananas, right? Third period. Luke gets the puck. He curls in his zone. He starts flying through the neutral zone. Okay. This defenseman steps up on him, okay? Luke chips the puck past him, buries his left shoulder, and fucking blows this kid up. Blows him up. The kid spins around, hammers his shoulder against the boards. His helmet pops off, and I swear to God, it slid 30 feet across the ice. This kid's helmet slid 30 feet across the ice. Same shift. Same shift after the puck is dropped because they had to stop the play because the, the guy lost his helmet. Same shift. Luke's in the corner with the puck, head up, snaps it over to a guy in the slot. This guy picks it up on his right-hand shot, picks it up on his backhand, pulls it to his forehand and rifles it top corner, like right in front of us, okay? This was just like, this was icing on the cake. And then they win the game, and you got the crowd, you got all the students up top, and they're singing their song that is like, it's the same song after every win, and it's that, Hey, baby. Ooh. Ah, I want to know. know. Like, the whole rink is singing this, okay? And, uh, yeah, it was just, it was an unbelievable, it was an unbelievable night. And to be there with my dad and and it was, my, my father had an had an awesome time. And it was, it was just, it was a very emotional trip because all I was hoping for was a win. And the kid played and just played hard, which he always does, right? Like that's yeah. all I wanted. Just just for him to play hard. There's no expectation for goals or assists at all, ever. Right. But for him to perform the way he did, and oh man, it was just it's emotional. It really is emotional because he's a senior. It's his last bean pot. And and it's a big tournament to these guys up there in, in uh in New England with between Northeastern Harvard. So hold on, hold on. Luke Luke Tuck. This is his last year college. He's a senior, yeah. So he obviously has not signed anywhere. Well, he's still at college. <laughs> Kevin. Oh, Kevin. Hold on. Well, Kevin. 
Can you hear me? Man, could you imagine? Could you? <laughs> Well, so I know I know where you're going with this. I I know where you're going with this. And 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 for those who don't know, I mean, if you remember uh, Trevor, uh, not Trevor, uh, Jimmy VC, Jimmy VC, they drafted uh, from Harvard. I think in the third round, he elected to not sign with Buffalo. And I I can't remember who he signed with, maybe Nashville or the Rangers, maybe. And um, that's because he finished his senior year at at college and then opted not to sign. So Luke is in a very similar situation. He was a second round draft pick by Montreal. And um, so he has there. Well, I don't know whose decision it is Montreal's or Luke's to sign at the end of the year. But if for some reason he doesn't sign, he can become an unrestricted free agent. I think on August 15th, I believe. So it's it. So it's an interesting scenario for, for players that get drafted out of college because a lot of them don't really get to this point. Right. Right. So, yeah. so it's, I mean, I know what you're thinking though, but I, there's no reason why Montreal would sign this kid because and well, it's not about Montreal. This he's, has he's, nothing he's, to do with Montreal. He's six, three, he's two fifteen. I'll give him six, two and a half, 215 pounds. Okay. He skates like the wind. He can handle the puck. He loves loves and i emphasize this because it's just you see it in his in his play he loves to body check like he he lives for it he lives to blow guys up that's what he wants to do first before anything else and he can play he can shoot he can score he has skill he's smart and he's mature He's a leader. Like he is this kid's this kid's different. He's wired differently than than a lot of young kids that I've I've known. And I saw it when he lived with me. I didn't have to teach this kid shit. At 15 years old, he was more mature than I was at 37. So well, Montreal, Montreal. You think Montreal be, is a good spot for him? Like I think Montreal would be nuts to not sign this kid because it's not they, about Montreal, though. That's not what I'm saying. Luke Tuck right now. Finishing a senior year has all of the power, all of it. He, he literally, as far as I'm concerned, is an unrestricted free agent. He's a senior. He has the ability to say to Montreal, sorry, I'm not going to be signing with you. Um, thank you very much for everything. And he is an unrestricted free agent. And 20 years ago, 20 years ago, he would be a dime a dozen prospect. Big, physical, you know, can play the game. I mean, and I don't mean that disrespectfully toward him. This is more about the way the game has gone. There aren't players like this anymore that want to play this way. This big, this skilled, this strong, this fast. You know what I mean? Like, these guys, these this is exactly the type of player that we talk about the Sabres trying to go and get, right? Why would Montreal pass that up? I don't know what you're talking about with, is that the right spot for him? Because, I mean, if if they love him and want to sign him, why wouldn't he just sign there and do what every other player does and get five, six games at the end of the year after they finish their college season, which is hopefully ends with a national championship? What are you saying? Don't sign with them and sign anywhere you want. If you're, if you're, if you've gone this long, you've played four years of college. You are currently 
he's going to be turning 22 years old. He's 6'2", 215 pounds. He can skate like the wind. He has character coming out as yin yang. I mean, he, I don't believe that, that I don't believe that Alex Tuck and I don't know this. I don't know this, but I don't believe maybe Alex Tuck's going to be a first line left winger in the NHL, but Luke, I Luke think Tuck. he Luke. Luke Tuck. Um I think he has the ability to to be a a second line, third line left winger that has like insane character, physicality, he's got the speed and the size. He's got um uh penalty killing um, beside his name all day long. Like he has everything that you want in a player here in Buffalo, for an example, uh, there's been a tremendous amount of players that have been drafted um, that are maybe on the smaller side that are very skilled. You know, the Oslins, the Coolidge, the, um, the Savoys, the, the Isaac Roseanne, uh, Zach Benson, like our last number of picks for the last number of years have been smaller, uh, players that in their leagues that they played in were very dynamic. And Luke Tuck is, is someone that the Sabres haven't drafted anybody like him for like, I can't even, I can't even tell you how long. Do you want to know who he reminds me of? And I'm not going to ever say that he gets to that that point total, but size, mentality, attitude, heart, work ethic, and skill set. Jamie Ben. He reminds yes. oh he, yes. He reminds me of Jamie Ben. I mean, now I'm not saying that Luke is going to be Jamie. Jamie Ben was a fucking fifth round pick. Let's everyone let's just remember that for a second, okay? Art Ross Trophy winner Jamie Ben, by the way, with 87 points. How you doing, NHL? Um, yeah. But my point is, 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 is just that's the kind of player that I that he reminds me of. But I think he's already a better skater than Jamie Ben. So now remember, I I need to preface. He this may be more powerful this. than Jamie Ben. I'm certainly biased in my thoughts toward the player, uh, toward Luke, but at the same time, I don't think I'm that far off with how, like, with how good I think he is. I really don't. Yeah. I really don't. Like, he just impressed the hell out of me the other night. And well, I will say want, this. And, I'll, I'll go over this one ultimate, more time with you, PD. Why every would you ever there, sign with with Montreal? Like. Like he's with the Bartlett uh, agency, okay, and the Bartlets understand how how this all works, okay. Luke right now has the ability to be an unrestricted free agent and sign with any team in the NHL. So why would you just go and sign? Maybe get a little bit of a cookie at the end of the season and uh, go play six games. It means means nothing. I would rather. I would rather wait and have the ability to really do a massive look at what each team is going to look like moving forward. Cause there's like, does Luke have an ability to play in the NHL next year? He's 22 years old. He's played four years college. He's a player that could probably step in next year into the league for um, a few teams in the NHL. Like if I'm going to be in a situation where at age 22, I've got to go to the minors and stay in the minors for a couple of years because there's so much depth in the big club, the NHL team, 
then I wouldn't want to sign there. So it's going to be interesting what he what the agency is going to do, the massive look of what things are going to look like for Luke Tuck because he is going to be sought after. There's going to be a lot of teams very, very interested in him. Every team was there. I saw guys I played with. I mean, I saw, oh my God, I saw guys. Who is there for uh, Buffalo? I did not see any Buffalo guys, but that doesn't mean they weren't there. Oh, but I saw a lot. They of, were there. 100%. They were there. They had to be there. Yeah. But then again, I don't know all the Buffalo guys. So I, I didn't know every guy that I saw, but I know I knew a lot of the guys that I saw. I mean, there were a lot of former players there that are now working for teams. So can I ask ran, you a question? Ran into Doug Janik. How about Dougie Janik? You never played with Deej, did you? Nope. Oh, my God. Ran into Doug Janik, passed me in the concourse. He was with his son. I was just like, what is going on? It's just it was amazing. It was such a such a great night. And you know who else I saw, actually, since we're talking about this? Um, Case and Gavin McCarthy. I met I met Mr. and Mrs. McCarthy. Yep. Uh, they both played for the Junior Sabres. Gavin is a uh, draft five, But he's yep. a draft pick of the Buffalo Sabres. Yes, right-handed uh, defenseman, really good player. Third, really good player. Um, and you know what I thought was cool was here I am watching the bean pot and I look on the ice and there's Case McCarthy and Gavin McCarthy, a freshman and a senior and, and Case is the captain on the ice together, which I thought was, I thought that was, I mean, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. That's and, insane. I, and I, so I met the mom and dad, nice people, very classy kids. That's what I will say about very much. Boys. Yeah. Very yeah. classy kids. And um, you know, both very good hockey players. So I'm so going back on uh going back up for for the bean pot final. Well, that'll be exciting. That'll uh good for you. Uh you know, man, those games, those games, the exposure, NHL exposure that those those young men are getting, holy jumping. I wow. told Luke, I told Luke, I said, Hey, if if you want to rev the boys up. Tell him that your billet's dad, 11 years sobriety rides on the fucking bean pot. I go, you guys win. I might take a sip of beer out of that bad boy. No, no. All right. Maybe I'll oh, use it as false motivation though. Psych, but good win though, guys. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it today for after the whistle presented by Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. Thanks for listening. Talk to you tomorrow.